Hey, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Beth in my closet in North Carolina. And this is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. And we're back for another episode of Serial Killer September. Guys, thanks for joining us on our live. That was fun. Yes, yes. It was a lot of fun, I thought. I mean, I went back and watched it a couple times, actually. You did a couple times? <laughs> I did. It's time-consuming. I, I mean, not not the whole thing, but parts, bits and pieces of it I watched. Yeah. Over again. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun. There's lots of interaction. Good questions. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Circus yeah. peanuts. Uh, and candy corn. <laughs> yeah. And I found somebody, even like after my own heart that wrote us on Instagram, followed us. I don't know how they found us, but followed us and wrote on the same time. I love circus penis and candy corn. (laughs) It sounded like you said something other than peanuts. (laughs) Oh, what did I say? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I bought candy corn this week, actually. Everyone has all their fall stuff out and Halloween stuff, and I don't, but I saw candy corn at the grocery store, and my kids are obsessed with candy corn. Mm -hmm. So I bought a big, giant bag of the Brock's candy corn. Is that how you say that? Brock's. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So I got a – That's the only uh, jelly beans, too, that you should buy. Oh, really? Oh, no. I like the Starburst Starburst jelly beans. Oh. Yeah. No, OG jelly beans. I like. Got it. The black ones are gross. Black or gross, white, best. Oh. They're my favorite color. Good to know, people. Well, no, my favorite flavor, I should say, not color. (laughs) It's not a color. (laughs) So before we get into the craziness of this new serial killer, I want to tell you a funny story of something. I got these leggings, okay? (laughs) Of something. (laughs) Something that happened. (laughs) I got these leggings from Amazon, and they are are awesome. They're so soft. They feel like they're like the perfect amount of stretch, but the perfect amount of soft. And they're Mm -hmm. this really pretty, like mauvey pink color. And I was so excited and I wore them and all day I had them on. And I think I ran a couple errands and then like towards the end of the day, maybe like, I don't know, five o'clock or something, I go out to get my mail And my neighbor, who is my friend, was walking her dog. And she was like, Beth, where are your pants? (laughs) I was like, what? What do you mean? Where My pants are on my legs. And I'm like, is she joking? Like, she she listens to the Mm -hmm. podcast. Is she telling me like a joke? Like, hold on to your pants or whatever? Uh (laughs) I was like, oh, what are you talking about? It's so silly. And she goes, oh, my gosh. She she was like, from far away when I was back there, it looked like you didn't have any pants on. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, are you serious? And I noticed, I'm like, they are the same color as my arm. Like, now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, my gosh. So we get chairs, and we're sitting in the driveway, and the kids are playing, and this car drives by, and the car had a bunch of boys, like young teenage boys, and they're yelling and honking their horns at me because they think I don't have any pants on. I'm not joking. I was dead. I was like mortified. I'm like, I'm going in. I have to go in right now. So I go in and I'm like, oh my God, Wes, it looked, my husband, I'm like, it looks like I don't have any pants on. He goes, you know, I was wondering that earlier today. I started to say something. I'm like, why didn't you say anything? I have been walking around town all day looking like I don't have any pants on. <laughs> so don't go to Amazon and get the mauvey pink pants because they're not mauvey pink. They're flesh colored. No. <laughs> and we can even back that up because my friend sent me a snap with the same thing. She has the same ones. And first week of school thought 
she was like, I can't ever wear these again to school. Yeah, she sent me the same stuff. And I was like, girl, it happened to me. So here's your, this is your public service announcement. It's not an isolated event. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Oh, gosh. The moms out there will thank you because guaranteed there's a bunch of I should post a picture of these pants. You really should. I'm well, not of yes, me in them because I don't want that going all over the internet. People. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll yeah. post a picture of the pants, like from the Amazon okay. link or whatever. Fair. Okay. Okay. Looking forward to it. Okay. <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> That's all. Well, I mean, that's a good one. <laughs> I wish I wish I was the neighbor that yelled across the street to you. <laughs> she was really – put your pants on. Yeah, she was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you out? She said she was looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, why is she out here getting the mail without pants? <laughs> like, what? Like, she, she snapped. She just forget to put them on. <laughs> She's like, oh, let me go get the mail. Do-do-do. Lordy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, thanks for uh, – Starting out with a little lightheartedness. Anytime. Because, now, do you want to get mm-hmm. into some heavy, heavy heartedness? I mean, want, that's a big word. I don't know if I want. Okay. But well, it's coming. I think I'm ready. Hold on to your pants. Not the black <laughs> colored <it>. ones. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, here we are. Mm-hmm. For another <laughs> serial killer. Here we are. Look at us. Look at us. <sighs> I feel like I need to like have a deep breath soul in. Soul cleanse or something. <laughs> deep breath out. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. So this one, the serial killer, also recommended to us by several listeners over like the years. Years. Okay. Not the years. We haven't done this for years. Oh, kind of a want to hear you tell this one? Yes. Mm. And, you know, our response is always, we don't do serial killers. Except in September. <laughs> so I put it in my bank. I can't remember exactly, honestly, because there's been several people who have recommended that we cover this guy. But if you're here and you're listening, then you know. Thanks. It's you. <laughs> it's you. I'm talking about you. So thanks for recommending this total waste of life that I'm about to tell you about this week. <laughs> this is the serial killer, Israel Keys. Oh, this guy. You know what's funny about this one is like Israel Keys. People either like really know him mm-hmm. and they're like super dialed into all of the things with Israel Keys, or they have never heard of him in their life. Okay, it's really I, I interesting. Was gonna say, I was going to say not never heard of him or just know that name, but hmm. no, don't know the like right. The they know nothing story. about him or they know mm-hmm. everything about him. Mm. So, which one are you? I don't know. I I didn't know. I (laughs) you do. Okay. I don't know. I can't say that I did. Honestly, I really can't. Mm. I do now. Yeah. Okay. Israel Keys was born on January seventh, nineteen seventy eight, in Cove, Utah. He's our age. My age. I know. Seventy eight. I know it. Mm -hmm. He's really close to my husband's age, actually. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's a um, 
Capricorn. Yeah. Doesn't you know, mean anything to you, but like it matters. Side note, I'm surprised that you don't I know. talk about that. Oh, I think about it every time. Who is it? Is it um, Twisted and Uncorked that talks about um, our friends over there? I feel like they, they talk about the um, sign of their huh. killer. I think Maybe. it matters it, to me. Mm-hmm. It does. And I think about it all the time. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll start that. Okay. So he was born to parents John Jeffrey and Heidi Keys. He was the second of 10 children, but was the first born male. Mm-hmm. Israel's family were very devout Mormons. They're in, the, they're in the Utah. And his mother especially was extremely religious. She was almost like a religious zealot a little bit, mm-hmm. which we'll go into. They lived a very minimalistic lifestyle. All of the children were homeschooled their entire lives. Oh. They weren't much into like material possessions and things like that. In 1983, when Israel was five, his parents excommunicated from the Mormon church, which is a big deal. And so the entire family moved to Colville, Washington. Oh, okay. They lived there in a very tiny, rustic, one-room cabin with no electricity and no running water. And 10 kids. Wow. Sounds fun. It's fun. It's a good time. Mm -hmm. They didn't socialize with very many people, so the kids were pretty isolated. And again, they were homeschooled. They didn't participate in sports or anything like that. So they really just were like tight-knit family, kept to themselves, Mm -hmm. whatever. They did attend a couple of churches in the area. One of the churches was called the Christian Israel Covenant Church, and the other church was called the Ark. Have you heard of the Ark? No. This is a pretty famous church. This church has actually been flagged as an official racist organization. Oh, why have I not heard about this? Like, why do I not know? Yeah. Um, So both of these churches practice white supremacist Christian identity ideologies. Okay, so let's break that down. Mm -hmm. White supremacy, obviously, the belief that white people are superior to other races, Christian identity takes this one step further and claims that in the afterlife, whites will dominate and that all other races will be enslaved in the afterlife. Oh, So, like, their heaven is really racist and gross. Okay? Mm. Okay. So, stand up people. I don't want to go to that heaven. No. (laughs) It's not. That is not. That does not exist. Doesn't exist. no, No. Thank you. Yeah. But, like, they're good people. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Sarcastically right. saying. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. good people. They yeah. they're great. They're, they're Why are we here? Why are right? we even here? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is how he and his siblings were being raised. He describes his upbringing as militia-like, but he doesn't report any abuse or neglect. Dare I say, teaching your kids to be racist white supremacist well, is abusive. Dare yeah. I say. But... Mm. Just no, say. You don't need to dare I say. Say it. Say it. Preach yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> During his upbringing, he says that he had some thoughts and urges that he came to realize were not normal of other kids hmm. or anyone, anybody mm-hmm. ever. Any human? Yes. Mm-hmm. He liked to harm animals and watch them suffer. And he would later say that when he was young, he assumed that everyone felt like this. 
Like everyone had these urges and these thoughts and they just didn't talk about it. They just kept it to themselves, right? But at a certain age, he realized that these thoughts were not normal. And so Mm -hmm. he just was like, well, I'm just going to have to hide them from other people. So this really begins a habit or like a tendency to have a double life, essentially. Mm -hmm. Now, during his childhood, he became friends with some boys that lived nearby, two brothers named Chevy and Shane Kehoe. Have you ever heard of these people? Okay, the Kehoe family was, they were also known to be extreme white supremacists. I'm pretty sure they attended the churches as well. Chevy actually went on to rob a Jewish couple's store. They owned like a local store and he robbed the store. And then later he killed two people and their eight-year-old daughter in order to steal guns and ammo. Stop. So Chevy is currently, right now, serving three consecutive life sentences in prison. And this is Israel's best friend. Right. <laughs> okay. Like, how Good do these people up. find each other? We say this When did he time. do this? Sorry. It was like in the late, like mid to late 90s. Okay. So Israel had nothing to do with Chevy's crimes. But this was his friend. Like, this right, was yeah. someone that he grew up with. Like, mm-hmm. you know, doing hurting animals and doing stuff. Okay. In his teen years, Israel got fed up with his upbringing and decided to denounce Christianity, his parents' religion, mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. can call it that. Right. He began listening to heavy metal music, and he started saying that he was atheist in some sources. Other sources say he became interested in Satanism. Mm. These are two really different things, being atheist and Satanism. Right. They're very different I- ideologies. So I just wanted to point it out that their sources are conflicting Ooh. and it's not clear, which he preferred. Right. One, you like, believe in something. The other, you right. believe in nothing. Right. It's not fair to lump <laughs> them together. So yeah. I don't know which one. I don't know. But right. regardless, as a result, it was against his family's belief and his family shunned him. They were like, you got to go. And I got to tell you, heavy metal and a change of religion, like really threw the Keys family a bone because mm-hmm. they got out while the getting was good and broke close contact with Israel. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, right. that yeah, worked yeah, out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, after Israel left, his family ended up moving to Maine and became Amish. <laughs> like, this like what? religious whiplash. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't I'm telling you, it's weird. I mean, I guess they kind of lived an Amish lifestyle when they were in the cabin with no running water and electricity. And yeah, stuff, sort but. of. But like, she was searching. <laughs> she was searching yeah, yeah, yeah. for something. So yeah. it's just interesting, interesting way to grow up. Mm-hmm. He does report that sometime between 1996 and 1998, you know, he wasn't quite sure when, but sometime in this time frame, he was on the Oregon River, and there was a group of people tubing. One girl said he said she was between like 14 years old and 18 years old Mm -hmm. it's a big gap but like young she was young yeah got separated from her friends and he was able to get her alone and then he sexually assaulted her now he said that he had planned on killing her but lost his nerve and Mm -hmm. couldn't go through with it And he claims that for years afterwards, he really beat himself up for not going through with it. 
Yeah. So his regret that he is that he didn't kill her. I really not that he sexually see, assaulted like, facial her. expressions. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I'm just like, what? <laughs> yeah, he's like I sexually assaulted her. But that was cool. My- but I feel That's real cool. remorse for, you know, not killing her. Like, oh, <sighs> he didn't want any um, witnesses left behind. Right. Well, she never came forward and he never got caught. So we so. don't know. We don't know who is she is. Still. Mm-mm. OK. Mm, interesting. In 1998, Israel joined the United States Army. He was in the Army. He was Lord stationed. Mercy. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Background check much? Well, I guess he hadn't done anything. Well, he had done that, but nobody knew. Anyway, right. Mm-hmm. He was stationed at Fort Lewis in Washington State and served in the infantry and also spent some time in Egypt during his military days. Army friends, friends, I put that in quotes, um, describe him as quiet and said that he liked to keep to himself, but that he was like pleasant enough, whatever. You know, they didn't really know much about him. He was known, though, to be a heavy drinker, and he would often drink an entire bottle of his favorite whiskey, Wild Turkey, by himself. So, like, he would drink a whole bottle by himself alone. Hmm. Wild Turkey was big when we were, well, I remember that being big when I was younger. Really? Yes. Like, people would talk about Wild Turkey, at least where I was at the time. Yeah. I don't know why. Because that's the only reason I know what it is, because I remember friends talking about wild turkey. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. I hope that Go ahead. your friend Carry on. is real keys. It was not. <laughs> okay, <It's> good. Not. <laughs> he was a big fan of the group, the Insane Clown Posse, and kept posters of them in his barracks. Were your wild turkey friends fans of the Insane Clown Posse as well? <laughs> well, I don't want to say yes, but I rem- I know I've heard of that. Somebody. I mean, I... I they dressed up like this... clowns. Right. Nothing but, scarier. I don't know who would have... No. Who would have told me about that, but I know I've Well, they were that. a fairly big anyway. group. I mean, they did have a cult following, but, like, they were known. I knew about them. I, I right away recognized the name and I knew about them. I feel like I remember them. somebody that, like, we... Or maybe in another podcast, and I remember hearing that they were part of it. Maybe, maybe it was a podcast on this... <laughs> Israel Keys. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> who knows? Okay, so in 2000, he, Israel, put out a personal ad and like to meet somebody. <laughs> 2000. It's, I mean, you know, you do you. Um, and he ended up meeting a woman and they clicked and they began dating. Then in 2001, he was discharged honorably uh, from the army. He would later say that he was so excited to be discharged from his military service so that he could begin murdering. Yeah. What? So clearly he had spent his life stewing on these dark urges and made a conscious decision to act on them once he was discharged. Like he was like, I've lived with this my whole life. And when I get out, I'm going to do what I want to do. Mm-mm. Evil person. Mm-mm. After he got out of the army, he and his girlfriend got pregnant. Oh my gosh, he has a child. Bless. I mean, I knew that, but I'm right. Acting okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for showing up. Okay. <laughs> so this seemed to be an unplanned thing, from what right. I gather. And initially, he asked her to get an abortion, which she refused. And then he later 
then he said, I don't want anything to do with you. Like, fine. I'm not having a baby. This is not my life, whatever. And she's like, okay, fine. I'll raise the baby by myself. But then he changed his mind and decided that he did want to be involved. And the two of them got back together and they moved to where she grew up, which was the Macaw Reservation in Nia Bay, Washington. So he Hmm. lived on a reservation. While he was living there, he actually worked in tribal affairs. And then in 2002, they had a daughter. So Israel was well-liked. He was a good father. And, you know, he worked very closely with, like, head tribal members on the reservation. He was a hard worker. You know, normal guy, right? Mm -hmm. But he kept telling his girlfriend that he had a black heart. Kept telling her that. He said, I have a black heart. Like, I'm no good. I have a black heart. And And then... her response to this would be, oh, okay. I mean, like, what do you want for dinner? Right, yeah. I don't know. (laughs) And then he comes home with a pentagram tattooed on the back of his neck. Mm. So, like, these are signs... I mean, look, if my husband came home with a pentagram tattoo, like, I would be alarmed. Mm -hmm. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but it's just not our life. Right. And it wasn't their life either. Yeah. So, okay. So, the two of them grow apart, you know, because she's like, Mm -hmm. what? Who are you? What? You know, he was acting weird. And by 2004, he and his girlfriend's relationship was over. And he was seeing another woman. This woman was a nurse, and she was offered a job in Alaska. So Israel was like, cool, let's move to Alaska. So they do. They move to Anchorage, Alaska. He moves with this woman and his daughter. Oh. Yeah, so it's not clear why he gets custody of her, of his daughter, of all freaking people. It's not, right. it's not clear. I don't know what happened. I think we can suspect hmm. things, but I don't know what happened. But right. he does. He yeah. gets custody of her, and three of them move to Anchorage, Alaska. While he was there, he worked as a handyman. And then in 2007, he opened up his own company called Keys Construction. Hmm. Again, he was well-known. As a good handyman, a good businessman, he's a normal family guy in the community, and they lived in one of Anchorage's nicest neighborhoods. Wow. So, like, he's a super normal guy, just Mm -hmm. under the radar, whatever. I have a question. What's your question? (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) No, ask me. And you might get to it later. But you said it's unclear, but that girlfriend, whoever he had the, the daughter with, is still alive? Like she's, I think so. Or do have we just not heard from her since? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So I don't think that she. I don't know if she's still alive. I have her name. I can look it up. I'll tell you in the live. Because that's the part of the story. Like I didn't know that he had had a daughter with somebody and mm-hmm. then took his daughter and yeah. was with another girl in, yes. in Anchorage. I didn't know that. I knew that he had a girlfriend and a daughter. I didn't realize they were not related. (laughs) No. Yeah. Yeah. So this person that he was living with in Alaska was not his daughter's mother. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Okay. 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 So normal guy, normal family guy, living the life. 
in Anchorage, Alaska, but little did anybody know what kind of monster we're really talking about because, you know, we're here. He's serial killer September. Right. But I'm going to tell y'all right after this break. I knew it was coming. This episode is brought to you by Best Fiends. Now that the kids are back in school, I have a bit more quiet time on my hands. One of my favorite ways to fill some of those times is to grab a pumpkin spice coffee and kick my feet up to play Best Fiends. I'm not going to lie. I probably play for about 30 minutes each day. I have to cut it off because I could get sucked in by all those cute characters and play all day long. Plus, the competitive side of me gets super excited when it says that I'm about to pass somebody I know. (laughs) So, what are you waiting for? Join me and engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple app or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Okay, in 2009, Israel was in upstate New York in the Tupper Lake area. Do you know it? Upstate. No. Okay. Is that where Tupperware is made? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Wouldn't that be funny if it was? I don't know. I'm going to look it up while you're talking. Look it up, look it up. Okay. He owned about 10 acres in this area and like a falling down like building or whatever Mm -hmm. that he would go and stay in. Remember, he's used to meager means. While he was there in Tupper Lake, (laughs) hold on to your pants. (laughs) Hold on to your pants. (laughs) He decided that he was going to rob a bank. Should rob a bank. Yeah. Okay. There's surveillance footage of him robbing this bank. And fun fact, because I feel like I always have to have a fun fact in everyone. During this bank robbery, he wore a mask, but like an N95 mask. Shut up. I'm not kidding. He's light years ahead of his time. Light years. It's like (laughs) COVID mask. It's, it was, I laughed out loud. Okay. Like me right now. <laughs> right. right. So he was never identified or connected to this bank robbery in any way. Oh. He also decided while he was there that what he was going to do is take this money from this bank robbery and gather up some supplies and put together a little murder kit. Murder kit. Mm-hmm. Just gets a bucket from the Home Depot and puts this in an area around, you know, Tupper Lake. Maybe it was in Tupperware. I don't know. Which was not made in Tupper Lake. It was not made in Tupper Lake. South Carolina. But. Oh, well. It's disappointing. <laughs> in this not Tupperware kit were things like weapon parts, a silencer, ligatures, ammo, garbage bags, and Drano. Dr- Drano? Apparently, it speeds up recover, uh, decomposition. So they say. So he just left this there. He just leave, he get, gathers it all up and hides it and leaves it and just thought, you know, one day I'm going to come back and pick a victim and use it. Mm-hmm. So that's like seven kinds of messed up. More messed up is that's not the first time he had done this. Made one of those kits? Uh-huh. 
Since he had moved to Alaska in 2004, he had made several trips down to the lower states for what he said was to visit family or for work. Police estimate that he made possibly 30 trips between 2004 and 2012. During these trips, he would bury or hide these murder kits all over the country. He would remember where they were, sometimes for years. And then he would revisit the areas, find victims, use the kits, and then relocate them somewhere else so that he could use them again. See, now, (laughs) this is going to come out terrible. Isn't this a reason why we should track everyone all the time? (laughs) Don't we? (laughs) Well, we can now with cell phones, but like... Gosh. So these kits would have things that would allow him to easily abduct, murder, and conceal victims and then disappear. Mm. Because he was very meticulous in his crimes, he always got away without a trace. He was like a ghost. Mm -hmm. People would disappear, they would just vanish, never to be seen again in some cases. And Crazy, in addition to murdering people, he was also committing like robberies, bank robberies. He was setting houses on fire. What? He was like burglarizing homes for money and weapons. It's estimated that he had possibly dozens of these murder kits all over the country, literally all over the country, like Washington. Wyoming, Arizona, California, Texas, New York, like all literally everywhere. Mm -hmm. He had these things. And so like, we can assume that every place that he had one of these kits, he was also going and committing crimes and murders, right? And have we found all of these kits? Like, is someone going to come across one someday? (laughs) Is real? Right? I know. We're like building all these houses. Mm -hmm. You would think, you know what I'm saying? So he would target his victims at random, just like random. He would look for campgrounds, parks, isolated areas. His preferred kill method was strangulation because he liked to watch his victims suffer. But he would use a gun when necessary. He would put up a fight. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what's necessary? I mean, like, okay. He would sometimes fly into cities drive hundreds of miles, find one of his murder kits, commit a crime, drive back to the airport that he flew into, then fly somewhere else, then fly home. What? So, like, he literally was, like, all over the place. Like, super, look super chaotic to where nobody could ever connect him to any crime. So it's like a Mm -hmm. crime happens in New York, and he's like, well, I was in Chicago. Here's my flight. Oh, my God. It's like there's no way to connect this man to anything. He kept his cell phone off. He only paid in cash and never had any connection to any of his victims. Mm. Maybe one of the scariest things about him. (laughs) I mean, like this is all scary, but like he had no victim profile whatsoever. Mm. None. Men, women, older people, like whatever. The only thing that he said, his only, like, moral code, I put that ha-ha, 
moral mm-hmm. code is that he would not harm a child because he had a daughter and he didn't like harming people who had young children. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. He also didn't like to hurt dogs. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, when you murder people, they're people's children. Right. Like, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> the FBI estimates that between 2004 and 2012, he may have burglarized between 20 and 30 homes, robbed several banks, committed several arsons, sexually assaulted multiple people, and he is linked to 11 murders. But it is believed that he has killed upwards of 36. 36. Oh, my word. That's like Ted Bundy. They're saying that based on, like, the people that are missing in the areas that they've been. Correct. And the places Mm -hmm. that he traveled. Now, this is just in the U.S. Mm. Oh, my God. He also is known to have traveled outside of the United States on multiple occasions during this time frame to Mm -hmm. places like Mexico, Belize, Canada, British Columbia, So there's no telling what he did when he was in those places. Some of them he went to multiple times. So buried a kit one time, went back and used it another time. Mm -hmm. All of this is while he has a girlfriend and a daughter and a successful business at home in Anchorage. Gross. Amazing. So in part two of this, which is tomorrow, I'm going to talk about like his known victims and other stuff that gets more like nutty and gross and messed up. But I'm going to spoiler a little bit before we do that. Israel gets caught. Okay. He does. Mm -hmm. And he confesses to some of his crimes, not all of them, some of them. Some of them, he just won't give up because he's a hot piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. However, in some cases, he isn't even able to give specific information because he had never encountered these people before. Never. He knew nothing about them. He was just like duck, duck, goose right? for some of them and had never seen them before, knew nothing about them, maybe never even talked to them. An example of that is the girl from the river, right? From mm. back in the 90s. She's a girl. She was in Oregon. She was between 14 and 18 years old. That's it. That's all I know. Right. So even his knowledge of his victims is limited. Or so he says. Or so he says. Right. Which I'm rolling my eyes about a little Mm -hmm. bit because, and I'll get into that in part two when we get more into like who his victims are. But like, he tells police that his first murder was in 2001 but he does not give them any identification information or a location. He says that some, so this is before he had his daughter. This was like right mm-hmm. after he got right. released, discharged from the army. He says sometime after that, you know, just sometime he killed a couple in Washington state and he alluded to the fact that they were buried in a Valley, but he didn't give them any other information. He said he killed multiple other people between 2005 and 2006. And he said that during that time he had a boat and he would take his boat out and then anchor the bodies and drop them in bodies of water. Oh my gosh. Dexter. Yeah. He reported killing a woman in 2009 in upstate New York. 
around the time that he also robbed that bank. And he also talked about killing an elderly woman, but said that he made it look like an accident and really just doesn't remember anything else. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't remember. Right. So this guy's acting like he was so chaotic, right? He's crazy all over the place in his murders, and he doesn't remember where, and he doesn't remember when, and he doesn't remember anything about them, any specifics, whatever. Nothing. He gives them nothing for them to be able to identify missing people or murdered people to, like, give these victims peace, put their families at rest. And I just don't believe him. I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it. I think that he is a meticulous over planner and that he knows everything about them mm-hmm. and is just holding the stuff in. I said I was going to talk about that in part two, but now I'm on a tangent. So I'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> he's a Capricorn. Okay. They're over planners. They plan everything. Like he knows who these people are. And remember, he buried dozens of murder kits all over the country and remembered where they were. Yeah, right. So he remembers everything about his murder kits and what's in them and exactly where they are, but he doesn't remember who he murdered? My dude. Gone. I do not believe you. Okay, so I'm going to leave you now with the picture of this awful monster. I got to go. Got to go. You know, I can't. (laughs) I I was like, yes, she's going to keep going. I'm in. I'm all in. (laughs) Yeah. And you shut it down. I did. But, oh, Part two tomorrow, I'm going to talk to you about victims. We're going to go into detail on what we know about his murders. Wait till you hear what else. You think this is going to go down like you think it is? It ain't. (laughs) Right. Oh, my gosh. Guys, we hate September. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm is enjoying the word I should be using. I used that word recently when talking to somebody about the Ellen Bohm book but it's not I I enjoy listening because I'm like intrigued even though I know some of the story I did not know any of his background so I didn't know any of that stuff that you were just saying I just know about his murders and his confession so but so that was all intriguing to me and just uh, I don't know I mean he's gross he's a gross dude he's gross and you've alluded to enough (laughs) <laughs> tomorrow that I'm going to come back, Beth. Thanks. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to listen. <laughs> so I hope that you've got a good tale, tale for me tomorrow. <laughs> oh, it's a doozy. It is a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> this one's a doozy. All right, guys. We'll come back tomorrow to hear the rest of Israel Keys' story and to finish up serial killer september well not to finish up but finish up the stories because we will do those the live next week for this one so um but yes please come back check out the merch still it's still out there i think the code's still valid we'll make the code valid all through september right yes mm-hmm. so check it out find us on social media and always remember the world is scary people suck hide in your closet